You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up in War Eagle War Report family? It's your guy, Ike Jones. We are back with another morning drop. Today, we are talking transfer portal. Auburn gets a little activity flowing in the direction of the Plains with Rico Walker and Trill Carter coming on board. We got to talk about it. Y'all know how we do right here. War Report style. Let's drop it on them. Now, now listening, listening to, to the, the Drop. Morning Drop. It is January the 9th, a Tuesday. Hopefully everybody is feeling all right. And we are going to get straight in here and talk a little more Auburn football. Auburn basketball is going to be active tonight versus Texas A&M. If you're in the area, make sure that you go and support the young men out there on the court. Uh, but today we are talking football and the transfer portal. A lot of great happenings yesterday for Auburn. Before we get into the conversation, make sure you're sharing the video out there on social media. I definitely appreciate that. Like the video and subscribe to the channel. Give us that thumbs up and that additional sub, and that definitely will help us out a lot. Uh, if you're listening on podcast, go ahead and give us that five-star review, and you can, you know what I'm saying, share that content as well. But let's get in here and talk about it. We have Transfer Portal activity. Um, there have been people who have not been satisfied with the way Auburn has been active in the portal, but we got two transfers in yesterday, and we're going to talk about both of them today on the morning drop. First and foremost, we will start with the first commitment of the day from the transfer portal. That was Maryland tight end Rico Walker. Rico Walker comes over from Maryland. He is uh, 6'4", 248. Uh, from Hickory, North Carolina, former four-star out of high school. He was a two-way two -play, two player in high school, played both tight end and edge. Um, most of the sites actually projected him to be a better edge prospect than he was a tight end prospect, but he did play tight end at Maryland, projected to play tight end here at Auburn. So replacing what you lose in the transfer portal uh, from the exodus there, you get another tight end back. To add to a talented tight end room, that probably was underutilized this season. It's going to be interesting to see what Coach Hugh Freeze does, as reported, will be making the play calls this season. Um, Report um, going to be interesting to see what he does as far as how he decides to deploy personnel. Uh, you saw towards the end of last season, Auburn went almost exclusively into 12 personnel. For those that don't know, 12 personnel is one running back and two tight ends. Uh, so uh, whether or not he continues to utilize a double tight end sets now that you have or not now. Well, you always really had the ability to to use one of your tight ends as a slot receiver particularly with the talents of Rivaldo Fairweather. But I think you have another guy made in kind of the mold of a Rivaldo that's really more of a pass-catching tight end than he is a blocking tight end. So you have really two really good blocking tight ends. Um, I, I really love what I see from Micah Riley out there as a blocking tight end. He can catch passes as well. Um, of course, Luke Deal is a primary, primarily a blocking tight end. You still will have... Um, uh, Rivaldo Fairweather. Now you've got Rico Walker added to that room to be able to be another pass catcher uh, that will work effectively in the slot. He didn't get a lot of targets at Maryland, didn't get a lot of opportunities, uh, but did show some ability to move around out there. I do have some film that I could look at for us. Uh, if you are part of Green Name Gang, we will get into some of that Rico Walker film coming up here uh, soon. I don't know when, but we will definitely 
have to uh, get into that a little bit more. But it'll be interesting to see how Coach Hugh Freeze decides to utilize the the tools that he has in bringing Rico Walker in. Is this a, a way that he can make sure that he has someone in the mold of a Rivaldo Fairweather so he can get Valdo off of the field a little bit more so that he's more fresh and to get into that rotation a little bit better? I don't feel that think that we used... Uh, the tight ends as effectively in the past game as we could have this season, considering how often they were on the field. Um, But uh, absent of any attrition in that room, Auburn's tight end room is probably in a very good place right now going into next season, and they can focus on some different things that they need to do. Uh, But I do like the addition of Rico Walker to this room, but it will be very interesting to see because when you're in the transfer portal, right, it's going to be a lot about fit. You were at a place right now where you weren't getting in, weren't getting a lot of the rotational snaps. What kind of discuss, what kind of discussions did they have with Rico Walker to have him decide that this is the place that he wants to be for the next couple of years? Uh, he is. He does. I think I have like three years of eligibility left. I probably should have looked that up before I started talking. Uh, but yes, he he has a couple of years of eligibility still left on the plate. So we are going to definitely have some interesting things that are going to be developing as we get into the spring as far as the utilization of the tight ends go um, and what they're going to do formationally to make sure that you're getting rotational snaps for all these guys. Luke Dill decided to come back for his last year of eligibility. Um, So, and then uh, Mike O'Reilly, I think, was having considerations as to whether or not he was going to return, uh, decided that he's going to be here. So uh, what are they going to be doing to utilize these tight ends and make sure that they are an integral part of this uh, offense, not just as blockers, but as pass catchers, because they need to be able to show both in order for your offense to be multiple in all the ways that it needs to be. Um, but excited to see what's going to happen. Rico Walker now a part of the Auburn family. Next up, you've got the guy, Trill Carter, who is going to be joining Auburn. He is the transfer from Texas, uh, playing at defensive line, 6'2", 300 pounds, originally from Leesburg, Georgia, former three-star out of high school. Um, He originally, out of high school, committed and played at Minnesota for a couple of years before eventually transferring to Texas last year for his singular year there. Saw a significant drop off in his number of snaps from his junior year there at um, at Minnesota and then to his senior year, senior campaign there at Texas. Uh, so rotational player mostly last year. Uh, he was he had the eighth most snaps in all of the Big Ten in his uh, third year there at Minnesota at five hundred and forty five snaps and saw his productivity as far as number of snaps go down by half pretty much to 246 last year at Texas. So didn't really have the opportunity to get out there on the field like I'm sure he had hoped that he was going to be able to there at Texas. But Trill Carter is supposed to be joining Auburn, primarily playing at Texas as a D tackle, really at Texas and Minnesota, but has had some experience playing at the nose tackle position. If you've listened to me talk about uh, the needs for Auburn football and the things that I'd like to see them add along the defensive line. I talked about the defensive line unit being something that needed more depth. You heard Coach Hugh Freeze frequently talk about him not being able to run the type of offense that he wants to as far as tempo and pace are concerned because he was worried about the depth along the 
defensive line, especially considering one of his best defensive linemen from last year, Marcus Harris, has now gone on to enter the NFL draft. You have a lot of young talent there, but unproven, inexperienced talent. Jason Jones recently reaffirmed his commitment to come back for his senior season on the plane, so he will be back. Uh, still waiting on some definitive word from whether or not you're going to be able to get Justin Rogers back along that defensive line. But I think it's important that you have depth, particularly at the nose tackle. And and I've said this many times. I think that if you have more nose tackle depth, more guys that can rotate there, then you can move Jason Jones out a little bit more often to a defensive tackle where I think he can be more productive along your defensive line. I think Trill Carter is a person that allows you to be able to do this, somebody who can flex at defensive line and nose tackle and give you some more flexibility as, as far as moving guys around in their assignments up front. So hopefully we'll be able to see him contribute in a meaningful way in this final season. He's really replacing what you lost in Lawrence Johnson along your defensive front as a guy who's graduated and moved on up there. So looking forward to seeing what Trill Carter is going to be able to contribute in his final year of eligibility here on the Plains while you're able to groom some of that younger talent. I talked about my excitement for uh, uh, some of the young guys that are, are going to be filling in along that defensive line. You lost Steven Johnson to the transfer portal. He never really saw snaps last year. You also lost to Nietzsche Sledge. So there's still quite a bit of product, not productivity, excuse me, bodies that you need to be able to replace along your defensive line to get to the number of people that you have, even though you have some freshmen coming in along that front. Again, Wilkie Denod already moved on from the team, right? So you've lost a couple of people. As far as depth pieces, even though they didn't play very much, they were a part of what you wanted to be your future at defensive line. So you've got to go in and replace those. You've got some coming in, the likes of Malik Blocked, and hopefully you'll be able to uh, keep Dimitri Nicholas in this class when he signs uh, here coming up next month. But still some plug in pieces that need to happen along that defensive front to get Auburn to a place of more depth so that they can rotate effectively and get the kind of offense that Coach Hugh Freeze wants to run in his second season here on the Plains. So looking forward to seeing what happens with those young men. Excited about what Trill Carter brings in. And just, I mean, listen, his name's Trill. So, right, like you just, there's, there's, how, how can you not like a dude named Trill? I did. I, I did. I didn't look into it. I mean, is this is like a nickname, or is his real birth certificate? It says Trill. Like, parents was like, "Yeah, man, we gonna name the baby Trill." We need to find out what's up on that. But I, I, you know, listen, dope name. Hopefully, he's gonna be able to make some plays out there for us in this coming season and be a good rotational piece up there along the front. And then uh, already mentioned Jason Jones and. Um, him reaffirming his commitment yesterday. And of course, the news broke yesterday that our guy Keontae Scott has removed his name from con, um, consideration in the transfer portal. We'll be returning to Auburn next year. Uh, he made a post on Twitter saying, hey, listen, the real ones know where home is. So he's ready to get back to work. Um, saw some affirmations from some of the other teammates. I did get an opportunity to speak with him yesterday. So he has uh, reaffirmed that he will be coming back to Auburn for next year. So excited about that. Another key cog in that defensive secondary that's going to be in place for the upcoming season. So good news out of the transfer portal in terms of all of those things yesterday. So good momentum for the Auburn defense. Uh, for Trill Carter and Keontae Scott, Rico Walker making addition to the offense. Now, there's still some defensive line things that needs to get handled, and Auburn seems to really still be active in terms of wanting to try to get another wide receiver and a defensive back in. So 
we'll see what happens with those positions. But I still think defensive line is going to be something that they're going to need to address. And there's some good names that are still out there that I think Auburn has some interest in that I think would be good pieces to add. Uh, but we will look forward to seeing what happens with all of those things. All right, that's enough of y'all listening to me talk. Of course, the Morning Drop is brought to you by show sponsor, which is The Rogue Shop. They are your source for America's number one online dispensary. Head over to rogueshop.com using code RAPPORT. They've got remedies for everything from sleep, stress, uh, anxiety, pain. Rogue Shop's got you covered. Again, head to rogueshop.com using code RAPPORT. They have been great sponsors if you are anxious about what's happening right now with the transfer portal or maybe you just need to it's basketball season for real right so maybe the basketball team is going to give you some anxiety make sure you head over to rogue shop using code report when you do that all right war report family you are listening to the morning drop where we talk about the most recent and relevant auburn sports news we broadcast live from the war reports youtube channel on monday tuesday wednesday and friday mornings at 10 a.m eastern 9 central time you're welcome to come watch it live but the live chat is reserved for our youtube channel members only so come on by become a member and get active in the best auburn sports community on the webs we'll be right back after we pay a couple bills Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. Drop! Let's get over here to this comment section. Definitely glad to see all of you in here today, giving us a little bit of your morning time here on the morning drop. And uh, hopefully your morning's off to a good start. Uh, we will start it off when I have answered this question already, but Todd Jordan says, did Keontae talk to you about him and the portal? He did absolutely talk to me about that. Glad to see him uh, get back in and lock in with the guys ready to get this next uh, semester started for him in school and getting preparations for the spring. Uh, we've had the early enrollees already come and land on campus. Uh, so he's getting in there with those guys this week. So looking forward to seeing all the things that happen with Auburn football coming forth with our guy, Keontae Scott. The Walker Show jumps in and says, watching the film, and I agree with your assessment of running from the spread. So if you guys are not part of the green name game, we talked a little bit about how, well, I talked a little bit about how I would like to see Auburn spread it out a little bit more. Even if you're going to go with a heavy set with more tight ends on the field, there are ways you can get into some of the same play calls that we had out of a spread formation. So I'd like to see Auburn do that a little bit more and help the quarterbacks be able to identify some of the stuff inside, uh, especially uh, if we're not going to be utilizing speed to the exterior. So, I mean, there are definitely good ways to be able to utilize speed from condensed sets. But I think that for what Coach Hugh Freeze wants to do with the RPO stuff, it would help his quarterbacks a little bit more to run out of that spread. Also lightening the number of people in the box. A lot of reasons why I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, so hopefully we'll see more of that this coming season as we uh, get into whatever they're going to be doing for spring with the personnel that they've got on board. Lisa Owen, an avid basketball watcher, says, who's going to the basketball game tonight? Well, from the War Report family, Mike G should be there. So uh, you'll be able to see him there. Uh, but I am looking forward to talking a little basketball tonight. Uh, you guys can tune in with me later on, and we'll be talking a little pregame Texas A&M versus Auburn uh, as Auburn takes their first SEC home game, uh, getting their first SEC road win last, uh, this was what, Saturday. Uh, they were able to go on the road and dismantle Arkansas. So uh, looking forward to seeing what they do versus Texas A&M. Uh, Buzz has had 
our number of recent Texas A&M coach, coach Buzz Williams. So looking forward to seeing if Auburn can break the streak against Texas A&M and go ahead and get that dub tonight. Looking forward to seeing that game. Uh, let's see. Marion Thomas talking about the guy saying he looks, sounds like sounds like some good backups talking about the transfer portal acquisitions. Yeah, I don't and listen, it's going to be rare that you're able to go out to the transfer portal and find starters. And usually when you're looking for starters, they're going to be um during this portal period, right? And so um the focus for Auburn I think in finding a starter in the transfer portal has not been heavy. I think that they are confident in a lot of the young pieces that they have that haven't been seeing a lot of time on the field. I said this before, and somebody actually mentioned this to me in the comment section on th on one of our videos early in the season about how they felt as if Coach Hugh Freeze was basically sandbagging, right? Like he wasn't trying to win a bunch of games in year one to give himself some cushion in year two. And while I don't think that he wasn't trying to win games, I also don't think that he was really trying to waste the eligibility of a lot of the young pieces that he had that he felt like could contribute as young pieces just because he didn't want to burn their eligibility in year one while they were still trying to get their footing together. And he was focusing on the recruiting. So he didn't want to burn red shirts for a lot of guys that could have gone out there and contributed early. So I think that they have a lot of confidence in some of the players that they've added via the transfer portal and the recruiting class in year one, and then some of the pieces that are coming in in year two. So you're going to see more rotation and more guys that didn't get snaps, not because they weren't necessarily ready, but because they were trying to hold their eligibility. This is this is this is an Ike Jones theory, right? Like I ain't talked to nobody. I don't know. I haven't seen any of these young guys play. This is my theory about things. Just looking at how ready Connor Lou was to come in there, and looking at the tape from some of these guys like Braden Joyner and um and some of the other young guys along the offensive lines, what I've been hearing about Tyler Johnson on the outside as far as his ability to play, I think that there is a possibility that uh, the staff decided that we aren't going to burn these guys' eligibility unless we need to. I heard some good things about Wilkie Denai before he decided to transfer, right? So I think that there are some young guys that can come in and push for playing time, can allow us to get into some Clay Weed, the guy I didn't mention along the offensive line, can push for playing time early that we didn't get an opportunity to see last year with a lot of eligibility, a Dylan Senda, right? Like, I think that... Um, if he didn't have to, I don't think he would have played Caleb Burton a lot last year. I think they were wanting to be able to hold some of these guys back uh, and then come in the second season with a lot of young talent that they could kind of take some lumps with and go out there and be able to produce some good uh, results on the field for this team. So. Um, I am looking forward to seeing I'm, I think I'm cautiously optimistic about some of the young players, but I do realize that it's probably going to be a work in progress early because there are a lot of people who don't have a lot of snaps. So when you look at a guy like Trill Carter being added to this room, that gives you some guy, a guy who has played a lot of football that can come in and be a good piece for you to add to that defensive front while you are getting some of those younger players in here, which is what they had hoped to do last year along the offensive line, which I think they did a really good job with the Gunner Britons, Dylan Wade's. Uh, Avery Joneses of the world that came in played a lot of good snaps while you could groom some of your younger offensive line talent in there so 
Looking forward to seeing whether or not those young guys are ready to step in and get some meaningful snaps this season, even though they don't have the experience. And I think the experience piece is what scares a lot of people. Uh, But again, how are you going to get experience if you don't get an opportunity to play? You can't live your life in the transfer portal. At some point in time, you have to trust your evaluation and your ability to be able to groom some of these players to step up and be the guy for you. So hopefully we're in that place. Um, See what we got out here. Uh, a lot of random QB conversation. I don't know why, but yeah. Uh, Knox Cleveland uh, in need of some rogue shop. He says, I don't like the transfer portal. It gives me anxiety. Understood completely as to why uh, the transfer portal would give you anxiety. One thing I didn't mention just because I saw this comment and it made me think about it, Drake Barefoot, good to see you out here. It says Tracy Rocker for defensive coordinator. Tracy Rocker, man, um, has come and gone at Auburn a few times, and I don't know what his career aspirations and and such are are right now. I I think he would be a good addition as far as his ability to coach. I don't know that he's ever coached as a D.C., but um, seeing that comment about defensive coordinator reminds me, of course, we had the live uh, yesterday, myself and Mike G, talking about Ron Roberts no longer being a part of the Auburn staff, moving on to be a part of the Florida staff as the co-D.C. and linebackers coach. And it makes me think about kind of some of the pieces that we have right now along the defensive uh, front and we don't really know what Auburn's going to look like defensively next year as far as what the philosophical um, leanings are going to be of the defensive coordinator and what kind of fronts they like to play and what kind of uh, way they like to attack defenses. So it's going to be interesting to see how quickly we move on getting a defensive coordinator so that we can determine what the defensive identity is going to be that will help us understand how many players we need in certain positions to be able to run the type of defense that that D coordinator wants to be able to go with. So I think that uh, it's going to be imperative for Coach Hugh Freeze, if he doesn't already have someone in mind that he's ready to pull the trigger on, that that happened fairly quickly. Uh, If you, again, listen last night, we talked a little bit about this, about the possibilities and names that are out there. um, And I think that that needs to happen soon so that you can solidify what your strategic movements are going to be in the transfer portal when it comes to your defense. So I am looking forward to seeing a quick resolution on that. I think the, for it's best for all parties if we move quickly on whomever is going to be the defensive coordinator for Auburn next year. Uh, let's see here. Todd Jordan jumps back in and says, if we need more of a recruiting coordinator as the OC, since Coach Hugh Freeze will call plays, do we promote Travon on the field as he and Caddy are co-OCs? Um, so in talking with people around the program, I don't think that that's the direction that's going to happen there. I, if a promotion happens to an offensive coordinator, um, it likely would be a Kent Austin. So he could be the QB coach. Uh, but I don't know that they're going to move and have someone who be, it would be a recruiting coordinator from the staff to do that. Um, again, that's this is just preliminary talks. That's another place where, I, again, I think you need to move pretty quickly so that you can solidify what your staff is going to look like. Uh, but there are still a lot of situations that are pending out there that <clears throat> will determine kind of what direction they go with that. Um, but I do think that it's going to be – you're either going to lean in the direction of making sure you have someone who is a good play designer that can help you put uh, a lot of your uh, game planning together – 
Um, that can still be an analyst person. It doesn't have to be an on-the-field person. But if it is an on-the-field person, um, then it's somebody who you trust to be able – like you, you hear pass game coordinator, run game coordinator type titles being thrown around for guys as a secondary title, whether they have a position group or not. So they'll have a position group title and then like a coordinator of this aspect of the offense. Uh, so I would look at more of a run game coordinator because Coach Hugh Freeze as a pass game guy would probably not need someone to coordinate the pass game for him. Uh, but that could be the direction that they decide to go with the offensive coordinator if it's not someone who is uh, relentlessly devoted to re recruiting. But he is going to want that person to be a good recruiter so that he can focus more on the offense coming up into this next season. Uh, let's see here. A lot of people who are putting out uh, some thoughts on this stuff. Lisa Daniels asked, did Kevin Steele retire? That is the report out of uh, the capstone over there that Kevin Steele has decided he's done being a college coach. Uh, so he's hanging up the, the play sheet and he's going to ride off into the sunset wherever he decides he's going to be. That is the report. Um, so. I do think that that is it for him. And I just I've seen people throw his name out there as a potential defensive coordinator, even if he was not retiring. I don't know that that's a good fit for Auburn right now, especially considering the way that Kevin Steele exited the Plains uh, when he left here and considering how close his friendship is with Gus Malzahn and what were the, the situations around that. Um so I, I don't know that that would be a good fit for Auburn, even if he weren't retiring. But it is reported that he is deciding to retire. So uh, happy trails to him. And it's going to be interesting now that we are both, we and uh, those guys across the state are looking for someone to replace at defensive coordinator who we decide to go with. Um, so there is going to be a bidding war, I think, for some of the better defensive coordinator talents out there amongst the two programs within the state. So looking forward to seeing how that goes, considering those things came out and relatively, uh, I think it was the same day both of those announcements were made. So going to be interesting. All right, that's enough of me talking. I appreciate you guys dropping in here with me this morning. Uh, definitely before you uh, get out of here or actually in the comment section down below, since we're having the conversation about D.C. and uh, the changes that we've had along the defensive line, who would you like to see be the next defensive coordinator? Leave us a comment on the video about that. Also, definitely give us your thoughts if you have any intel insights on the additions of Rico Walker, Trill Carter, return of Keontae Scott. Love to hear those comments down in the comment section. As always, the Morning Drop is brought to you by Rogue Shop. Make sure you head to rogueshop.com, America's number one online dispensary. Use code REPORT when you do that. Before you get out of here, like the video, subscribe to the channel. Make sure you share the content with somebody. We will be back at you tonight with more basketball talk and tomorrow with another Morning Drop. Until then, and as always, War Eagle. Drop! Drop!